Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 94 of the College Loop Podcast. Let me take off the overlay. There we go. We recorded this episode live. Uh, we had a, <laughs> we were all in Macon, so we couldn't really record it yesterday because we were at a Macon Bacon game and they lost. Sadly, I'm looking over at Tar. He's directly to my left. That felt like an unnecessary shot there, Dylan. Yeah, I, mean, was, I don't know. I don't know if the, the viewers. I'm a marketing manager. I, yeah, I'm not, I can't I, control the play of the field. I'm not sure if the viewers care that much yeah. about the making bacon result, but they have my money. I bought a hat. <laughs> That's right. Jacob, Jacob Hillman did an excellent job uh, in, on, on, on top of the dugout for the, for the bacon race, even though Dylan's bacon eventually won um, and was toxic about it, as we all expected him to be. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I got, I, had, I, got, I got in trouble in the dugout. <laughs> Jacob Hillman, uh, thank you for joining us today. Friend of the program, here live. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Um, and it's gonna be a fun show for those of you watching at home. If you're tuned into the live stream right now or eventually get tuned into the live stream to catch up with us, I'm probably my camera's probably showing me on a half second away. We are running a boom mic. If it's gonna bother you, go back and watch the recorded version and it will all be synced up. Um, that's not a problem whatsoever. But Let's uh, we got big cat weekend, big talks for big cat. Um, and you guys had the privilege of being able to like hang out and talk ball while I had to work yesterday and watch these crews roll in. And I'm sitting here acting like I'm doing work at my desk when I'm sitting here going, All right, who's next? Who's next? Oh my gosh, we got the eyeballs tweet. Who's next? <laughs> right. And it kept happening. So, and, and that's what was so fun. And it's something that obviously not new to Auburn, but it's 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 become less and less common. And now we see it starting to revive a little bit where these recruiting weekends are this exciting and that these guys visiting are just, they're, they're bought in and then they're hyped up. That that's, that's what we love to see. I mean, with the video of them throwing coach freeze into the pool with the wreck. I mean, that, Incredible. that was awesome. And it really, it really was something that, I don't know. It just shows, I think the buy-in, I, I'm not even sure if, who all did that? I don't know if any, half of them were committed. They might have been some of the guys that are uncommitted still and are just visiting and having a good time. Yeah, I didn't commit to Auburn, but I got to throw a few frees in a pool. And right. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think if you get the opportunity to throw anybody into the pool, you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, so oh, absolutely. It's a mob I mean, mentality. Yeah, that, that, no, yeah, oh, it has to be at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you're, at the, you're at the will of the mob at that point if you're freeze. So, so let's see, since, since Friday, Auburn has now picked up three commits in the class. Is it Thursday? Thursday is when DeMarcus Thursday. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday. So <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. Since Thursday, Auburn has picked up three commits, all four star and up, with 
Marcus Rennick on 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 Thursday. I like it better if you if you word it one four star and two five, two five stars. Right. There we go. Okay. <laughs> but and then you pick up Malcolm Simmons. Very I want to say very early. Uh, we expecting it on Friday night, right? Because when he put up on the story, but then he eventually committed on one o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and then waited around. We were at an arcade when mm-hmm. this happened. I was actually playing Galaga. Yeah, and you- I mean, Dylan had no idea, and I had to be like, "Hey, bro." Oh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. <laughs> I, I knew Dylan's like close to the high score of the game. It was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dang it! <laughs> I, I, I had a I, yeah. It was Street Fighter. I had I jump in. Oh and, right. Yeah. And, I was actually get my butt something. kicked, and then he got me to the <laughs> he got me to the next round, and then I eventually lost. But then I had to back away so I could make the Perry Thompson graphic because again, Perry Thompson just flipped from Alabama, and the biggest recruit of the class right now. You pick up you lose Cam Coleman, but then you made up for it by picking up Demarcus Riddick. And Perry Thompson, mm-hmm. two guys from two of the biggest rivals that we have as Auburn fans. And Perry Thompson, think immediate, immediate starter right away, right? Oh, yes. I thought that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, sorry. Very, very likely. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think even Demarcus Riddick, when you look at these guys, when they eventually get to campus, they're going to make immediate impacts. They're, those are two positions of need uh, for, for this program in recent years that Coach Reese is already – hopping in and immediately just saying these are two spots that we need to make sure we, we, we refresh and, and replenish. And, and he's starting to do that already. To your point, I'm going to go through. We've already got a couple of comments on the live stream and we will, we'll continue with our rundown, but we're going to jump in and take these real quick. Eric Pearson says, uh, Koji Freeze is kicking ass and taking names for Eagle. I think that that's pretty much what Hillman just said. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. AJ Rivera. Uh, this is a good point and something that we're, we were going to talk about on the show earlier. We can go ahead and talk about it now since AJ's hanging out, but that's okay with you. Don't. Yeah. Uh, what would it take to crack the top 10 recruiting class for 2024? All right. It's going to take a little more work than I think some people think, think it's right. going to. But it's feasible, guys. Yeah. And I think some people have done the math already. Auburn's nearly a top 15 class at this point. And, and, and we're looking at a spot where the average recruit, the average rating is very high for Auburn. That's top five in the country. It's all about the volume at this point. And, of course, the rest of the commits you get probably aren't going to all going to be five stars. That would be great. But – you know, you've got to get you, – you've got to work your way where you can. And uh, when that volume adds up a little bit, then Auburn will creep up in, in the rankings because some 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 schools already had 20-plus commits. Auburn's at 14, I think, now. Yeah. So it, it really does uh, – that's what it's about. Well, and you, you go into the next week, and you have four guys in mind that you're waiting to hear from. Uh, you have K.J. Bolden and Julius Solomon, who are committing next Saturday. And you have DeAndre Carter, who – four-star inside offensive lineman who's – we're talking about, we'll talk about it a lot in a minute. CBE to Auburn. If you can pick up – and you also have Wyatt Simmons, a three-star linebacker. And, again, to your, what we were saying earlier, just Auburn's hammering in that they really want linebackers and wide receivers. Uh, those, I can't imagine why. Perry Thompson <laughs> is the third receiver in this class, and Demarcus Riddick is the fourth linebacker in this class. And Wyatt, Wyatt, Simmons, Wyatt Simmons will be the fourth one. There we go. Wyatt Simmons will be the fourth one. And if you pick up – I want to say at least three of those four, you're setting yourself up to be a top – Screw the top 10, top seven, top five class, just for getting three of those four. Because if you can get, we, I think we did the math, KJ Bolden, Jalil Solomon, DeAndre Carter, all three of those guys right there, Auburn moves up to number four in the class. Just off of three guys. And, and KJ Bolden does not, just KJ Bolden alone does not even get you in the top 15. Yeah, or it, gets, it gets you like on the verge, like right behind Alabama. Put you in the bubble. But you're, you're just one commit away from jumping, like having a huge jump from the 15 to the 10. And, and there's this element of, and, and, you're, and you mentioned KJ Bolden. Um, this is a guy 
I'm going to go ahead and say this. I know you said it's it's feeling possible and feasible on the, on the rundown. Guys, this is a guy I if, – if we were giving out a Harrison Tarkas to crystal ball, um, the, the, this would be – I would be crystal balling him with a high confidence, like an eight or nine to Auburn at this point. Um, first off, his comment on the live stream yesterday was wild. Wait for me, I'm coming. Um, if you guys missed that, uh, that that was pretty damn cool to, to witness. You're like, yeah. oh, wow, like there is serious traction. I mean, there's there's smoke. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke, which also means that, that he could commit somewhere else, right, like literally tomorrow. Of course. Uh, but – Well, Saturday. Yeah, or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say with these kids sometimes? And, and look, it's their own choice. I've always respect – we say it all the time on the college, I've always respect your own decision. But KJ Bolton is one of those guys that – if you get three blue chip five stars um, in, in this class, yes, the volume's going to be there. Kids at, at the three-star, four-star evaluation level want to play ball at, at these higher-level programs. And, and it's, I'm not saying it's easier to recruit one kid than another, but it's almost like a followable leader procedure at that, that point. Three five-stars buying into a, a new head coach's program. We've seen that happen on, a, on only a number of occasions, like on a serious dedication level. Um, we've seen it happen at Auburn exactly one other time. But in recent memory, let's look at the guys that bought in at UGA under Kirby Smart, um, the guys that bought in at LSU under Brian Kelly. We, I think we all think that's going to be a special team this year. Um, this is going to snowball in, in, in the best way possible. And Auburn fans, I know you guys are sick and tired of hearing this is going to snowball because it's usually never good. But in, in this case, um, if, if KJ Bolden's the next chip to fall, we did just get Eric Pearson asking, are we, is Auburn going to get another commit today? I think that's – yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. That, that's going to happen. So uh, make sure you guys have your post notifications on. For okay, hopefully it's someone I already have a graphic made for. Yes. <laughs> and Dylan will talk about that here in, here, here yeah. in a moment. Um, guys, cracking the top 10 is evil. That's, I guess that's my long-winded way of, of saying, like, this is this is huge. And if you if you jump Alabama in the red range, you beat them in the offseason. First off, that's the first W for the, for the year-long Iron Bowl. Um, just, just put. We should, we should add that in there now. I, I, I would like to make that. <laughs> make that, that kind of hurts the, hurts the record there. So it's not, it's not throwing recruiting. No, yeah. 20, the 20, first class of twenty four and on. Okay, <laughs> valid. But um, it, it puts you in a great spot. So, um, Dylan, I'll, I'll let you continue. Do you want to talk a little bit about? You want to throw up Eric Pearson's comment real, really, really quick? Yeah. Um, I know that we have a de- definitive schedule here, but as you guys are asking questions, we're happy to answer them. That's literally why we're doing the live stream today. And we have Jacob Hillman in our backyard, so I will be down to two minutes. Well, well, something here that, that I think is worth adding on to getting another commitment today is that that is likely to happen. It, it just is with how big this weekend is. But going back to the snowball effect, that's all – it's what it feels like all recruiting is. It, it is a momentum game. When, when you get guys to roll in like Auburn is right now, Every other commit or, or uncommitted, even whoever it is, the, the, the class of 2024, 25, they take notice. And that matters because having that kind of hype around a program, especially at the end of July, where it doesn't feel like I, I feel like Auburn right now is kind of at, at, at the peak of, of hypeness, especially for recruiting in July. And I, I don't think any school, any other school is really getting this kind of buzz around it at this moment. And and. Obviously, there are other schools because, I mean, Auburn still – I mean, think about this. In the SEC rankings, as far as recruiting for 2024, I think Auburn's still eighth. Yeah. That, that, that is wild. And that's also why it's so big that you're getting guys to flip from Georgia and Alabama. I think that's the most important part of this is that you are taking these guys from your rivals. It shows that Auburn and, and Coach Freeze and his staff are able to compete with the big dogs of the SEC, that they are able to, 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 to get whoever they want. That, I think that's the most important thing about this past weekend. 
Other than go a step further than that, you bring up just Perry Thompson flipping from Alabama. You're flipping a wide receiver from Alabama. You're flipping linebackers from Georgia. You're flipping quarterbacks from Clemson, and you're flipping DBs from LSU. Like that, those are teams that you can argue are some of the best at developing those positions. Those positions for sure. I'm, I'm on board with that. And Hugh Freeze is going in, and it's like, hey, you could go play for Nick Saban. You can go play for Kirby Smart. You can go play for Dabo Sweeney. You can go play for Brian Kelly. But you're just going to be another player to them. You're another DB. You're another quarterback. You're another wide receiver, another linebacker to them. But, but all these guys we see coming in are going to be – maybe not for – I would say probably Jalen Crawford and Walker White probably don't fit into this, but DeMarcus Riddick, Perry Thompson, immediate impact players right away. Sure. And, yeah, cool. You can go to Alabama and just be one of their long list of wide receivers that came through there. But why would you want to be just another wide receiver at Alabama when you can be – the receiver at all. You mean the guy? The guy. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, Perry Thompson, that's, I mean, it's exactly what he said yesterday. I mean, he, he's, he made that comment about it and it, it shows that they're buying in to what the staff is telling them and asking them to believe in. And it, the belief is there that, that that's what's so important early on in this tenure and, and in this regime that guys buy in and that you get uh, guys that, that are willing to, to be committed and, and go all in uh, for this program. Yeah, and, and I'm going to put a pin in the Perry Thompson um, uh, conversation just really, really quick because I do have one more thing to add about him. But uh, Bucky Moore and um, Skullface LTE both asking a very similar question. Bucky asking, how do we feel about our chan- about Auburn's chances for K.J. Bolden, FSU or the Plains? Listen, K.J. Bolden could still very much commit Florida State University. That 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 could happen. They're, they're, I think they're still in the right. I, I, think, George, I think it's Auburn or George. I that doesn't really matter to me. Honestly, I, I think he's going to be an Auburn Tiger. Uh, I, I, I feel quite strongly about that. Um, and Skullface LT, if you want to throw that really, 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 yep. thank you guys for hanging out with us, by the way. If KJ was committing today, would it be Auburn? I think it would be. Um, so I think this might be a statement. Um, it would be Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I, I, yeah, I'm not I think this might be a statement. I agree, <laughs> though. I, I agree. I woke up about 45 minutes ago, guys, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and, and I'm, I'm still working on getting the old eyesight uh, locked in for the day. But um, yes, I, I agree, Skullface. I think that. It would be Auburn. I'm going to come back to Perry Thompson for a second here. And his comment about the University of Alabama reaching out to him about his attending a Big Cat weekend was kind of hilarious. Um, he said something to the tune of, I spoke to Coach Saban, and t- uh, he invited me or tried to get me over to their, quote, little cookout, um, which is really, really funny. Um, but he told me he was going to be on the plane, said Nathan Saban respected that. Um, and that kind of plays into what you guys are saying about – you're another number at the University of Alabama. I want to make sure this is in black and white. And I know people, our viewers, genuinely hate me for saying this. Nick Saban is the greatest coach in the history of college football. Yeah. No one in their right mind is thinking that Nick Saban's over here like, we don't want you. But you, there is certainly an element of we don't have to have you. Um, because Alabama, the state of their program, is is the gold standard. So maybe, maybe Georgia now, but in longevity-wise, Alabama is the gold standard. Perry Thompson looking and saying, you know, we could be. Yeah, Riley M's laughing at the little that little cookout. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, you're absolutely right. Throw that one up on the screen. Yeah, that's actually worth us having. Not even not even the worst name that we talked about. The recruiting weekends. There's some bad ones. Yeah, that, yeah. We, 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 Bill and I looked at those run that's just Ole Miss is juice fest. Oh, that's neat. I, so I'm guessing that's a play on Lane Kiffin's dog. Like that's I, that's what that's the I only thing so. I can imagine. Yeah, um, that's. Which one was Gorilla that's, Show? My mom always said if I don't I have anything good to say about it, about it, something, I just call it interesting. So I'm just, oh, that's interesting. Um, but I thought that was that really kind of played into your point is yeah, I can be a, I can be the guy here or a guy there, and and that's what Auburn's got to sell right now, right, Helmut? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be early playing time. You can make an impact. Well, and that's the thing. I think at this point, 
a lot of guys can make impacts. It doesn't necessarily have to be the top recruit in the nation. It doesn't have to necessarily be the top recruit at a position. If, if you are a guy that is committed, has talent, and is willing to buy into what this coaching staff is putting into them, then it is going to be a chance for someone to be great early on in their careers. And, and, and I think, in, especially in today's college football world, that matters a lot. Especially with the transfer portal and and how guys are and how guys jump around sometimes, and it's not a fault to any player or anyone like that. But it, that's just the nature of the game now with with how it is. You want to get those guys on the field early and show them you have a future here. If you play three to four years, you're going to be in the NFL or you're going to be set up for success wherever that brings you. So yes. I I just think that that that's why it's so important, especially with a new coaching staff, to to get those guys in early and and let them let their impacts be felt. Absolutely. Uh, and, and ultimately, you do want to work to the point where you are selling not early playing time, you're selling development. But right now, where Auburn's at, this is what you got you to you play into. Um, look at your long-term sustainable programs. Your Alabama's, your Georgia's, your Ohio State's. I'll just leave it at that list. Beyond that, it really doesn't matter. Look at the, the consistency of their recruiting pitches across the board, and it is always player development, NFL readiness, and and long-term success, you're going to win a shitload of ball games when you're here, which they those all three of those schools can confidently tell you that. Um, you want to get to that point? <laughs> that, right. that, that is where you want your program to be. But I think that – and this is such a staunch difference between the, the Freeze administration and that prior. Uh, we'll call that the interim between Malzahn and, and the Freeze tenure. It's basically the potato era. The potato era, if you will. Um, this is where I know Hillman, Hillman's got to watch in his mouth because of his, his work on, the, on that front. But, but I mean, this is really where the staunch difference is, is understanding. We heard so much from the last administration. It's about getting the right guys, not necessarily the best guys. Hugh Freeze said, no, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Mm-hmm. And the SEC, every single coach there can, can in, in large, coach ball X's nose wise. Even down to Jimbo Fisher, who I just cannot yeah, talk down on enough. But regardless... They all understand that at some point, all these guys can coach from an X's and O's standpoint or get the guys in the right places they can. It's now about getting the Jimmys and the Joes. So I think that that's kind of speaking into the fact like, okay, yeah, it's the right guys, but the right guys also need to be the best guys. Right. Um, so there, there's, there's this confident um, understanding um, that, that you, you have a clear trajectory on the recruiting, uh, I guess, path and, uh, and, and then on the trail for that matter. Something we've not seen in Auburn since 2013, really. I mean, and, and I guess you, you can look up, there were a couple of really good classes, 2017 class mm-hmm. comes to mind, Bo Nixon, my man right here, oh, right here, Owen Papo. But- <laughs> I mean, we can talk a lot about that guy on the other <laughs> side as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, true. true. I mean, he's, he's an Atlanta native. Yeah, that's right, so. that's right. Another Atlanta native. <laughs> um, all, all that to say kind of long-winded, I don't want to sound like I'm rambling too much, but it, this, this Big Cat weekend was a tremendous display of the fact that I think John Cohen, heard the right message from, from Hugh Freeze, and Hugh Freeze was intentional. Um, when when, when, when Auburn made this hiring process about, here is a definitive plan, here's how we're going to do it, here's how I'm going to implement it. And this has got to be example one, right? I think that's such a great point, though, about intentional. And the, the, Hugh Freeze knows what he's doing. He, 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 is, he is successfully recruited in a lot of places. That I, I heard him talking the other day about some of the receivers that he had at Ole Miss. And, I mean, when, when you really – you think about it, yeah, you know the A.J. Browns, you know the D.K. Metcalfs, but when you when you listen to the entire list of the guys that he brought in there, I mean, it's unbelievable how many of those guys went pro. And it and it's something that I think really is important for, for to turn this program around. 
and, and get it in the right direction. It's already started as we've talked about this whole stream of, of what's happened this past weekend and, and really in this entire recruiting cycle. Uh, I just think that having that intentional uh, game plan, you know, knowing exactly what you had to do. And he also talked about the media days, I think, about how he realized he had to change some of his verbiage. I think that also was a big that's kind of a stepping stone for him about, okay, I can coach the best possible game ever. It might not matter because one, the coaches on that side, they know how to coach too. So if their players are better than mine, then you're kind of, you're at a disadvantage. And I think that's what is important to realize is that also this is going to take some time. And coach Reese has said that as well. And this year it's, it's all about just taking that next step and then the year after that, taking a bigger step and so on and so on. Yeah, I, I was I was on a conversation with a colleague yesterday about, excuse me, the the nature of uh, of, of hearing about two blue chips, you know, falling off or falling in Auburn's lap um, the past couple of days. And I was like, this is just big time for the whole reason that 2024, folks, is not going to be an SEC championship year. If it is, great. By all means, you freeze us out of work the portal. I get that. Um, and, and, and that, that opens up a whole new world of opportunities. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the, a whole new world, like, a, like Aladdin. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Um, but at the same time, 2020, 2025 is when we're going to start looking for big time results. Um, when, when, when Hugh Freeze actually has all been large, his guys and, and, and within this program, this weekend alone has spoken volumes to the fact, and I think the Auburn family is buying in to the fact that there is a vision and Hugh Freeze has shared that vision time and time again about, Hey, we are going, it's not just me saying we're, we're going to recruit hard. I'm going to post pictures with tweets, not to prove anything to you guys, but so everything's a recruiting t- tactic, right? And that's something else he's done a great job of understanding. Even in dead periods, you're still recruiting. Right. And, and it's, you're recruiting through your actions. You're recruiting through, through what's, what's not being leaked from the program, but what's being shared to the program. What's, uh, how you can build as much hype around the program as possible. I mean, hell, Instagram's a great recruiting tactic nowadays, guys. I'm just going to be honest. When, when you make it look yeah. like kids are having a good time, Recruits take notice. I'm, 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 I'm being so serious. God, he understands. And, and I've been tremendously impressed, which kind of leads me to my next question off script. I'm no Dylan. We're going kind of away from everything here. Uh, but was this the most successful Big Cat weekend? Or could this go down? Is the most successful Big Cat weekend in the history of Auburn? I think I mean today. Or if you look at the implications, if you want to count what happened, the repercussions, the aftershock this week, I think it could. Yes. It could be. I don't know the – I, I I would have to – I need a, a, re, a history lesson on a lot of the Big Cat weekends to know because, obviously, one, we haven't had any in the recent in recent years that have been like this. So, none, especially recently. But, I mean, even if you go further back to, to the Chiswick days, I and those were some Big Cat weekends. That that Those were Big Cat weekends with that coaching staff. I, I still don't know if any of those had this kind of impact or especially media impact. And that's and it's a very fair question. And I think we go back and look. I think it's up there, definitely top three or top two, at least. Certainly. And I want I want to remind you guys just really really quickly. We looked this up uh, right before the show because we're just football nerds, and and, and I talk about this. Um, I'm going to put this in the uh, out out there for everyone in the chat right now, and let everybody take a guess while you go to your next um, uh, next talking point, which I, I believe you're going to go. Um, talk about uh, Deontay Carter. I was going to keep Perry Thompson for a little bit. Perry Thompson. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to ask the the chat a question super quick, without looking. No cheaters. Um, the last time Auburn had three or more five stars on one, which is possible, very possible, and I think we all three three think it's very feasible. 
Last time Auburn had three or more five stars in one recruiting cycle was blank year. All right, Dylan, continue to bury Perry Thompson. Come so we talk. I've been dealing with a lot of Alabama fans on Twitter. I've been seeing it a lot. Uh, you know, whenever you whenever you lose a recruit, you tend to get a little a little upset. So you start adding the fan base, <laughs> and it's worth noting that all these Bama fans have been saying, "Well, Nick, Nick Saban has put all put this number of players out in the NFL. This this number of wide receivers out in the NFL." If you were to rank NFL wide receivers from like one to whatever, you would get two Hugh Freeze products before you get a Nick Saban product. You would get A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf before you get an Amari Cooper, Devonta Smith, uh, blank receiver that was in there from 2013 to 2017, just any of those guys, really. And to mention Perry Thompson again, the two names we've been hearing the most about whenever you talk about comparing mm-hmm. a player – to a like a pro or anyone else, we've been hearing Perry Thompson is like Julio Jones. Perry Thompson is the next AJ Brown. Like this is not a guy who is like the Bama fans should just be passing off as oh we didn't want him anyways. Oh we backed off. We you y'all y'all are cheating. Y'all are cheating. Y'all are doing this. But Auburn's cheating again. I just want to shut that up because if we're gonna call anyone out for cheating, look at Florida. <laughs> Florida has number two class in the country right now, and they have the less success than Auburn does in the last 10 years. Like, calling out the wrong fan bases here. I think you're just a little upset that, you know, there's a guy who was hard committed to Alabama for a year. November, I think, is when he committed to Alabama. And y'all y'all just backed off a five-star wide receiver? You just backed off the number two receiver in the in the state of Alabama? Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That. that makes so much sense. Yeah. Dylan's getting a little heated um, on on his little uh, anti Florida rant. Hey, let, let him cook. I'm, I'm gonna let him cook. I, I do want to. Billy Napier's getting fired. I do want to give the <laughs> Walker Show Walker Show a quick shout out there. Um, 2013 is the correct answer for those of you who said 2014. Rock Thomas was not a five star. Um, he was a 97 uh, overall grading, which means he was one point off yeah. of being a five star. Um, so congratulations to the Walker Show. Yes, 2013. Hey, Rock, Rock Thomas was probably a five star before he committed to Auburn, and That's then Tank Bigsby was a five star before. He yes, to he was. He was. Your three true five stars in the class of 2013: Montrevious Adams, Carl Lawson, and anyone want to guess who that third one was in the chat? I, I, I don't say that. I'll give a hint. It's another defensive lineman. Yeah, there you go. Another defensive lineman. <laughs> a guy. I'm a super fan of Auburn, and I didn't. Yep. So your your first two are Montrevious Adams, Carl Lawson, and Blank. If you guys can get this one, um, I'm going to shout you out on the Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, uh, someone's going to come up with it right away, right? Yeah. Before we get to you know, Dodger Carter, Car, I'm going to ask you real quick. How how you feeling today? How am I feeling today? Yeah, how you feeling? Um, I'm feeling loopy. Feeling a little loopy? I'm feeling quite loopy. Well, I see that we're reading that shirt that you're wearing right now. I mean, that shirt is dope, I got to say. Me, let, me just, let me just hold on. Just, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and this, this show is the in, crowd. My, in my model era. You know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I mean, feel loopy drip going on right here. Just to stop that from happening anymore. Just, <laughs> let me go ahead and show y'all. Albert or College Loop now has some merch on the Warport dot com. You go to the shop and you can get your own feeling loopy shirt. They come in, I believe, five colors. You have navy, uh, heather navy, uh, black heather, black gray, and gray heather. So just get your own feeling loopy shirt on the warport.com. Go to their shop. If you want to find it easier, the link is in the description. Yes. So just go ahead and scroll down there. Go find that. Go go buy your own feeling loopy shirt and show the world how you are. How loopy you're feeling. Exactly. That's right. Uh, I have a comment. I'm going to throw up real quick um, from Ruder Ralph. Um, 
I don't actually know what this reply to is, but the second part of this actually matters a lot. Um, it says, I love that, but I had a bad feeling about him. I believe this was in regards to uh, rock hard. Um, but I also feel, oh, hello, more like more like he will, uh, like more will commit after they see how we play in certain games throughout the season. Okay. Probably the best recruiting tactic is to win football games. <laughs> like, say. Sim- simply, simply the best uh, recruiting tactic. And, and there's an element of this, guys. So there has to be – Walker Show got it. Elijah Daniel, you definitely looked that up on 247. You cannot convince me otherwise. You cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> there's too much of a gap between that one, boys. Um, yes, there is an element of you've got to go out and show tangible improvement. What does that look like this year? Um, and then – Around what time do we start seeing guys um, say, okay, I, I see that the vision's at least tangible. There is a, there's a trajectory for this, this program for me to stay on, on top of and to get a pulse on, so I feel comfortable committing. Where does that come? Like, where does that, where does that show up? What, what does Auburn have to do in, on the field this year? Beat a Agree. Week four. Uh, that, that is agree. the most important game of the season. Recruiting-wise. Recruiting-wise, yeah. That's a very specific I – like, I like a specific answer like that. I was I was going to go very much more broad, obviously. No, give us your broad answer. But yeah, I mean the broad thing would simply just I mean, hey, go make a bowl game and go go show out in a bowl game and, and prove that you're back to winning ways. It not not be the winning ways that you want in the ultimate goal, but the fact that you can get back to a bowl game, like you said, just improvement and and, and really abide them throughout the season. Um, and, and also you're looking at you're looking at a schedule that. I, I would say for Auburn, it's a little easier than, than than we've seen in recent years. It's a very gettable schedule, but of course, you still have kind of those big three that you win any of those three games. That I mean, that is a win of a season. Absolutely. Well, obviously, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia are those three games, and you know, it's just it's just one of those things that I think Auburn fans they measure a success by the results in those games a lot, but. It is what it is. Sure. It, because those programs are so successful that you kind of have to. And, and, and obviously Auburn has not lived up to any of those expected for those three schools in the past few years. But now that you see it on the recruiting side, kind of matching it up with them, it's, it's bound to happen on the field as well. AJ Rivera uh, commented here, he said, win eight games, throw up the 7-5 with bowl win or 8-4 bowl loss. That – that is good. Um, I, I actually think you have to win the bowl game regardless. Um, yeah. Just just because you, you need to show to recruit that you're taking every single game seriously. Uh, not that you're not trying in the bowl game. I'm not going to accuse kids of doing that. The opt-outs, we, all, we talk about this all the time. We understand them. I completely support kids that don't want to get hurt in a game that does not really bolster um, their their team's overall standing. Yeah, if, I, if it's between getting drafted in the first round or playing in the Birmingham, or Bowl. In the Birmingham Bowl, I'm, I'm going to choose. I think, I think in, in that case, individually, like kids can make their own decision, but those that are playing – Yes, that, but yeah, locked in. Absolutely. Coach and staff same way, and um, so on, so on. The Walker Show admitted that he had time. I'm going to mean take that to mean that you did look up two four seven, which you know what? that's fine. <laughs> um, I understand. Cryptic has the funniest quote um, um, to, the, to this point um, by far. Uh, I believe that if we beat AM this season, Jimbo has a great chance of getting canned. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, I think I, I think Jimbo has a great chance of getting canned. Anyways, yeah. we're not an AM podcast, but I am here for the Fisher slander. Um, I think I think I, I said it myself. I think A and M already has the check wrote out. They're just waiting to date it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And week four sounds like a great time to sign that check off. And well, every game you get a little bit cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, That's true. What's the what's the couple 
100,000 to 85 million, you know? All right, look, good, bad, or different about how people felt about Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn, defender, myself. We talked about this before we got on the show. There was an element of how long can Auburn live with Gus Malzahn so the contract gets a little bit cheaper. There, there, was, there was an element we saw hey, that here. We were never going to be 85 million in the hole. The Walker Show. Here's a great Auburn comment. Um, this is so barn it hurts. I think Auburn wins a game they're not supposed to. I think he's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that goes back to my point about the, that Alabama, LSU, Georgia games. I think those are the three you look at. I think there are other games on the schedule that Auburn won't be favored in Vegas or or the, the analytics will say they shouldn't win. And you can talk about those. But those are the three games that you really look at. And going into the season, you think not supposed to win those three teams. And with two of them at home, two of them don't have a really – straightaway quarterback situation that, that, that you're in a great situation. Now, of course, you're still at a disadvantage just because of the talent disparity and, and so on, so on. But again, you're at home. And I think this is also going back to, you talk about the best recruiting tactic is what you show on the field. I also think the fan base bought in right now. Auburn has sold more season tickets than it's ever sold in the program's history it shows that the Auburn family is bought in and they are going to show up in September, October, November and support this football team. And it really is something special that we've seen over the last few months, especially this fan base buying in. And I mean, it's just been a major push to sell every single home game that this upcoming year, go, go buy those kickoff on the planes tickets upcoming on, on September 2nd. That, that is going to be a blast. It's, it's the whiteout game. It, it is going to be a fun game. It's going to be the start of the Hugh Freeze era. Like That, that is a big deal. And, and the Auburn family showing up is also going to be massive for this recruiting to continue. Because, I mean, we talk, we, we see the videos all the time. That that Texas A&M game was something special. And it was two, three, and six teams playing. And it, le- it felt like, it looked like they were playing for a spot in the college football oh, playoff. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just – it shows, and it also, by the way, that game was it was like forty degrees. Yes, <laughs> I mean it was cold. So I just it think forty kickoff, and, and the wind chill probably made it a little chillier. Yes. So I I just think that the the improvements on the field don't matter, but I, I just think that when these kids see what it's like in that stadium and that atmosphere, that that is what's going to help buy a lot of kids Certainly. in. Certainly, and, and, and Hugh Freeze has played at Jordan-Hare Stadium before. Yes, he knows. He's coached at, at Jordan-Hare Stadium before. He's never coached for the team that calls Jordan-Hare home. Right. He's going to have a fun time on, on yeah. September 2nd, um, seeing what it's like to have that whole fan, that whole stadium behind you. Um, and that's going to be something that I don't think that until you've done it once that you can really regurgitate. And, and really, really, uh, I guess, uh, what's we're looking for here. Um, give a visual as to, yeah. and, and be able to share that with recruits about how surreal that that experience is at, at Jordan Hare Stadium. Proof of concept, exactly. Um, and and it, it, you got you can see it in, in, in theory, you can talk about it in theory. Once you've seen it once in practice, it is it is tough to deny uh, that things things of that nature. And and I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. I know we hear about Beaver Stadium. I know we hear about the Death Valley. There are very few, if any, home field advantages stronger than that at Jordan Hare Stadium. Especially when Auburn family, the Auburn family's bought in. What what you guys did, you guys watching the stream against Texas A&M, I don't think you realize how strong of a recruiting point that was, and you didn't have a coach, right? Um, that, right. No, truthfully, you, you, um, you, what you had was an Auburn man leading his team out, yep, to play a football game. That that was kind of like, and I just again, it's just it, it was just something about that because I, I think I remember two weeks prior to that that Arkansas game 
middle of the third quarter, half the stadium's empty. I'm just sitting here like, this is just right. wrong. It's wrong. Like, this is not what it's supposed to be like. And I and I knew in, my, in the back of my head, it's like, Auburn will be back at some point. I didn't think they'd be back in two weeks the way they were. Right. I mean, that was just – it was just something special. And to, to your point, it just – that was an absolute massive turning point for this yes. program. It, it absolutely was, which is incredible to think. Um, and uh, kind of like Williams, per usual, uh, deserves all the credit in the world uh, from the recruiting standpoint from that game alone and the way he carried himself. I want to read through real quick uh, a couple of comments. Bob Williams, I would love for uh, Auburn to be the team that ended Jimbo's career. You and me both, I will cheer for any team that ends Jimbo's career. I put that right. I'm going to put that by Twitter bio, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that a really good one. Make that your Twitter header. Exactly. Kind of is, this is a whole sequence. Uh, I've run through a wall. If uh, Auburn ended up beating Georgie this year, and she, uh, the cryptic thing for Craig uh, corrected that to Georgia, Bob Williams says he likes Georgia, bet, Georgie better. Um, if Auburn beats Georgia this year, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do. Um, I will do something incredibly dumb, and I'll, we'll do it on live stream on the Sunday show immediately after. Well, and, and here's the thing: not to again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. If that does happen, Auburn's likely five nothing going into that LSU game. Going to Death Valley. I mean that 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 would just be an unreal start. I mean, it would be hey, it'd be dang similar to that 2013 team yeah. and how it started. Yep. And obviously, we saw happening in Death Valley that team lost, but still, it's just we'll man, who knows. Auburn teams that lose to LSU has never been the like killing factor for an Auburn football season. 2013 and 2017 both are, can attest to the 2019 as well can attest to that. Auburn can go into Death Valley and lose and still find a way to find themselves where no one expected them to be at the end mm-hmm. of the season. Here's the Walker show coming in with probably a very important take I think everyone needs to keep in mind. Auburn wins seven or eight games and isn't blown out in losses. Will make a difference in recruiting also. I agree. There's a couple games I think that could get out of hand. I think it's Georgia. I think that's Alabama. LSU is – I don't know about Alabama. I don't Alabama. I think that's Georgia. Um, yeah, I mean – LSU – now, here's the thing about LSU. Part of the reason I'm really, really upset that LSU is not going to be an every year thing um, once Texas and Oklahoma come and rain on our parade here in the SEC. If you make it, uh, if you make it nine conference games. I, I'm with you. Listen, 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 listen. We just got to move forward from that. Forward. Yeah, I don't I don't know if LSU would be the team that is added to the permanent well, They, they said that you would get three permanent let, 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 Yeah, let, I don't want to get like Mississippi State or Ole Miss. Hey, let, me, let me cook for a second. Let me cook for a second. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being in um, Because I, I actually, I think the I think the Walker Show brings up a good point. That LSU game, LSU-Auburn games are freaking awesome, period. Um, they're goofy, they're dumb, they're drunk. Um, and if they're in Baton Rouge, they're actually drunk. Um, but, but, they're always really, really close, goofy games. Then both teams make silly mistakes, um, or both teams play perfect. Nowhere in between. Right, yeah. Um, and or, or Bonex, Bonex is running around for his 50 life. yards. Yes, correct. Agree. But that's another one of those prime examples of one of the teams that I think that is clearly just better than Auburn right now, from a, from an analytic standpoint, just better than Auburn objectively. That Auburn will be able to play really, really close with Alabama's at home. We know what happens when Alabama comes into Jordan Hare Stadium. Those games are close. Period. Um, I mean, hell, Auburn almost beat Alabama with TJ Finley in a game they had no business being. TJ Finley was also hobbled. I mean, yeah. that you got him here, yeah, it's pretty name. Absolutely. And, like, and I know that that's kind of like off vibes alone or whatever. If you, if you want to say that, it's really not an analytical standpoint. That's fine. But also, I, I actually I think that the Walker Show is right here. I, I think that, yeah, seven or eight games, eight would be probably the most ideal situation. Obviously, you can win 15 games. That's the most ideal situation. Of course. But, Eight games would be a great spot to put yourself in going into 2024 and um, not getting blown out. And you mentioned it will make a difference in the recruiting as well. That is so, so, so important. If you can show that you're in games right now and you don't have your guys yet, yeah. oh, my gosh. If I'm a recruiter sitting there going, wow, like I, 
I can be the difference. Mm-hmm. I can come in with this group of guys and we could be the X factor. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And for mentioning, I'm going to combine two comments here talking about how Auburn's going to win again. They shouldn't and how the winning can affect the recruiting. What's, what's going to be Auburn's biggest recruiting weekend? The Iron Bowl, sure. because it's in Jordan Air Stadium. Sure. You're not going to find another atmosphere in the country better than Jordan Air Stadium. Closely followed by the Georgia game. Closely followed by the Georgia game, uh, yes. That don't, don't, don't take away from the I'm, significance. I'm at, if Auburn's going to win a game, they shouldn't. I'm imagining uh, if every toss-up goes your way. Because you know, if you look at the, game, the season on the spectrum, you have Sanford, UMass, New Mexico State, Cal, and Vanderbilt all in, like, these are your wins. Sure. And then you have a series of toss-ups before you get to the Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this is a, in a perfect world where Auburn wins all the toss-ups. Uh, not perfect world, but Auburn is 0-2 in the game they shouldn't win. It shouldn't win. And you're 9-2 going to the Iron Bowl. When was the last time Nick Saban beat an Auburn team with nine or more wins? Never. Never. It's never happened. And if you're 9-2 and going to the Iron Bowl – you're not a top. You're not. not you're not a twenty-year back ranked team. You're not a fifteen-year back ranked team. You're yeah. nineteen in the SEC, yeah. and you've won. You lost two games early on in the season, so that's going to be like a top twelve Auburn team playing. Dylan's now pushing his radical. I can see that. The college football playoff agenda this year. Yeah, I can. See I'm not that. doing that, but I'm saying <laughs> you go ten and two again, and 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 <laughs> we're nine and two. We're nine and two. Give you, me a second. If you beat, beat Alabama, you're in the SEC championship. I'm getting. Uh, yeah, I don't well, know. Guess LSU. LSU. If you lost LSU. And it just depends on the LSU Alabama game. But so you're nine and two going to the Iron Bowl. All momentum is shifted your way. And the one game, if if Auburn can choose one game that they shouldn't win, they are going that they can win and will win, it's Alabama. And nothing, nothing would be the best thing in the world after all the offseason stuff for the Bama fans. Just saying, oh, they cheated. We backed off all this stupid propaganda they tell themselves make them feel better and sleep better at night. You go into the Iron Bowl, you basically cut off all the – you're going to get all the Bama fans who go on the message board saying they should be fired if you lose to Alabama and the, another year one head coach in some weird fashion. But Auburn has always found a way to win games they shouldn't. Auburn has always found a way to do more with less. It's in 2010. It's also been really good at finding, losing, uh, finding a way to lose games that they shouldn't. Well, yes. But looking at it from 2010 to now, every season where Auburn – it's not expected to do much. They end up finding a way to be Alabama. The 2010, 2013, 2017, 2019. Those are all seasons where I was like, this is not this is not going to be like a great year. You know, 2010 was Cam Newton. Yeah, he literally carried a 6-6 six and six team to a 14-0 record in the national championship. 2013, uh, we just went 3-9 the year prior. What the hell happened with <laughs> – we have a defensive back and quarterback, and we just, yeah. we just beat Georgia and Alabama in back-to-back weeks. Um, known, known best defensive back in the history of Canadian football league, Dane Marshall. 2017, you bring in another transfer quarterback in Jared Stidham, and you weren't really expecting much in 2017. Well, yeah. I mean, you had just had a carousel of quarterbacks yeah, the year just, prior. You just had to watch Sean White and Jeremy Johnson. And, and Jared John, Three, and thank you. I, Shannon Cox sometimes. <laughs> Cox sometimes. I hate this. You always, he always finds a way to bring his name up in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. I, talk, I, I, have a, I have a disproportional amount of shows where I mention Jonathan Griffin. And it annoys the crap out you of you. You need to make some stats for that. Like, there, there should be stats. All right, so any of you loop enthusiasts, <laughs> y'all need to go. You, let me know. So, someone take responsibility of the JF3 tracker, and I want someone to just, whenever I mention JF3 in a show, just drop in the comments and say JF3, and that's all you need to say, just one time. 
Um, and let's find out how many times I mentioned John Franklin III because it happens more than it should. And, and I'll admit that continue. And then you go to the 2019, you know, you freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, uh, before he was like never developed at before all. Before he was focused on having fun, yes. Yeah, before he was focused on having fun. You had a, a, an offense that was very stagnant at times. I mean, we're looking at a team that that Florida game is probably the best. Yeah, example that, of that. yeah I agree with that. Or, uh, I'd probably put them top three games that I've watched and just been the angriest at an Auburn game would be that Florida game. Mm-hmm. But you get to the end of the season and you have two losses or two losses at the time? I think three. Three losses. You find a way to go in the Iron Bowl and you take down Alabama in a season that Bama should have won that game. That was the Bama should have been the national championship that year alongside LSU, but mm-hmm. Auburn found a way to do more with less. Right. And then you 2021 Iron Bowl, Auburn didn't win, but we've all talked about how we're complacent with the loss. We hate that we lost, but in the long run, Brian Harson didn't get an extension in any way, shape, or form, which he would have gotten if he would have went for two in the first ever time. I don't think he would have gotten an extension after year one, but yeah. Being Alabama. <laughs> Gus Malzahn got an extension every time he beat Alabama. Fair. Track record does proceed. <laughs> but this season has a weird vibe. Because we well, so I before, also before you go, I want, want to mention okay. this real quick. Eric Pearson says UGA and UAT are really upset about what's happening on the planes. And this is gonna I think kind of play into what you what you're about to say. They know Auburn can and will be in a position to compete yep. in an SEC championship. They've done it before. They'll do it again. Cryptic also mentioned that Auburn is unpredictable most of the time. Auburn is predictable all the, un, unpredictable all the time. Um, and she, uh, he or she, excuse me, um, continued to uh, expand. Like when everyone is doubting us and saying we will lose and find a way to, to win. Yeah, I think all this is going to play in. I just wanted to go ahead and cover those, but go ahead. Yes, because I think as important as some of those games are, I think that end of October to early November stretch where you're playing – I think it goes Mississippi State, Ole Miss. It might go Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and then Arkansas. I think those games are ultra important. Of course, you, you expect to beat Vanderbilt, but also you got that Arkansas game the week after. It, it's in between two pretty important games where you got to win at home before you go on that road stretch. And Arkansas, I, I think that's a team that they could be pretty good. And going into November, I think it's something that you look at and you're like, going on the road, if that's a game where you where Auburn is isn't looking as good as Arkansas, that's a game that you go and you win that game, then it's okay. Winning in November on the road and the SEC probably be pretty cold in Arkansas at that point. Uh I don't know. It's just it's just something that I think that stretch where you you want to win those two home games against the Mississippi schools. It's also coming off a of bye week. You definitely want to go in and beat Vanderbilt. And I think if you do that, go up four game. Then you'll be on a five-game winning streak going into the Iron Bowl if you were to win all four of those games, uh, and then New Mexico State. I mean that that just feels like that, that feels like a dream scenario, regardless of kind of what happens early in the season. If you lose to Georgia and LSU, it's kind of what you expected. But winning those five, those next five games, I think would just kind of kind of really okay. This team got better as the year went on, and just continued to build on momentum, and and obviously won those games that we talked about. You know, sometimes Auburn, they win games they shouldn't, but also they lose games that they shouldn't. And I think that those four games you look at and you're like, that would be the time that Auburn would find a way to lose a game they shouldn't. And that's not necessarily going into the game because I think Auburn might might be favored in two of those games and you're not supposed to win the other two, but but when the game happens, you got to lead. Like, for example, the LC game last year, you had a 17-0 lead. Never should have lost that game, but – Auburn did. And I, I just think that having games where if you build a lead, don't blow it. And, and just not having any faults like that. 
because if you if you lose, it is what it is. But but, but losing the games in just ways like that, that's where it's uh, you, you just it, it makes your skin crawl. That that that's what it is for me. That that's why I think about Auburn the last couple of years. I think the Penn State game at Penn State, that LSU game last year, games like that. It's just uh, it just really it really bugs me because again the Iron Bowl in twenty one as well should have won those games and Auburn found a way to lose them. Yeah, no, you, you summed up perfectly. Um, I'm, I know Dylan's ready to get back onto our rundown um, here. Just like Eric, Eric Pearson, I, I think some Auburn will win both the Mississippi games. I agree. I only care about winning one of those games. Uh, and well, that go down to the next comment then. <laughs> if there's one game that you want to start on the score on, yeah. it's Ole Miss. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yes, that's all I have to say. Being at home for both those games is huge. Yeah, absolutely massive. I mean, absolutely massive. The place is going to be rocking for those games. Prove that Auburn owns Ole Miss like they actually do. Yeah. Uh, and Eric mentioned off of that revenge, baby. Um, yeah, it's uh, that Hugh Freeze revenge game. I think we'll probably title our preview of that game that week. The Hugh Friend Hugh Freeze. I'm telling. I'm speaking into existence right now. Hugh Freeze revenge week. We already we already covered the illness preview. Leading up to the, we've already really we've already spent that whole week of leading up to the illness <laughs> oh, uh, game. We've already done that. <laughs> I, thought you know, I thought you were. I thought you were the game. Preview. We in the time portal right now, bro. I thought you were doing that. I thought you were the game preview. We've already done that. Harrison, Harrison, Harrison we're talking about all going into November with the chance of the SEC championship. I don't know where you're at right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, James Barnett, what's up, fellas? What's up, my man? Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you like, subscribe, and design. Anyways, uh, it's really sad that when Bama and Georgia got all the top talent before NIL and Freeze, it was cool. Now that Freeze is at Auburn, it's a problem. Such a double standard. Okay, Jay, I, let me let me break this one down really, really quick. Auburn fans hate Alabama fans. Alabama fans hate Auburn fans. Auburn fans hate Georgia fans. Georgia fans hate Auburn fans. Georgia fans hate Alabama fans. Alabama fans hate Georgia fans. We all kind of hate each other. As it should be. As, as it should be. That's what makes college sports beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, they enjoyed Auburn kind of, for lack of a better term, specifically Georgia fans, getting their ass kicked um, by their favorite football team for years, and now they're going to whine about it. Um, it's what... We do as fans uh, of, of any sport. I'm the biggest Hawks fan in the world. I complain more about some of the, some, some, some the other teams in the NBA making moves when my Hawks don't more than anyone, all right? Trust trust me, I get it. But there is an element of Bama and Georgia fans getting getting angry about, oh, well, now Auburn's got to be cheating. Like, okay, by the way, Auburn fans, love you. Love you to death. I'm an Auburn love. Remember, remember that before I say this. Auburn fans love to make Camaro jokes about Nick Saban. All right, let's be honest. Let, let's 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 call a spade a spade. And people like to make fun of Georgia uh, athletes um, moving at fast rates, maybe not on the field. All right, it, it happens. And 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 it's kind of the beauty of, of college sports is just finding ways to attack each other on and off the field. I know that you shouldn't bully. That there's a line. There's a line. Don't be an asshole. But having rivalries is a good thing. And spin zone. People are talking about Auburn. And James, you bring up a great point. You bring up, I'm not, I'm not arguing your double standard at all. I want you to know that yeah. you're absolutely right. But talking about the program, yep. thank you for free recruiting. I think that I think that's the biggest point is that the fact that people are talking about Auburn again. It's not just how uh, oh, Auburn lose this game and then no one cares about it. Oh, here it, comes Auburn again. Yeah, it, it, this is this is them. Like it's just it's just, it's just a talking point. Like I, like I said earlier, the buzz in recruiting right now is all. No other team has as much hype around it as the Tigers do because of this past weekend that that's such a big deal and, and it'll continue into month of August fall camp. And also when the season starts, doesn't matter as much because then the results on the field. So nothing brings me more joy because this is just my persona when it comes to talking to people online and Twitter and about college football. I love whenever Auburn finds a way to play the heel 
I love whenever you go down the list of some some other fans in the SEC, they list Auburn as one of their one or two most hated teams in the SEC. I love that. Yeah. I love that you're stealing recruits from other teams and they're just mad about it. That's right. They are just pissed. And nothing brings me more joy in life than watching the 13 other fans, fan bases, uh, about to be 15 other fan bases. Just very could be seventeen. I mean, it'll keep could, going. Could yeah. be fifty-six. No, bring FSU and Clemson. I'm cool. With that. I'm not cool. With that. Continue. So. Nothing brings me more joy as an Auburn fan to just watch these other fan bases crumble at the sight of Auburn could be back because Auburn always finds a way to ruin seasons for other teams. Also, there's there's an element us, of course, but. Of- <laughs> but other teams as well. <laughs> no, I don't want Auburn to be back for the for the views and the clicks. No, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There also is there, there's this element of this, guys, and I don't even think it's an element. I think it's just kind of the nature of life. Um, they're the age old say, saying they don't want to see us win, uh, and and it's kind of the premise of when someone's doing something so incredibly right and they're doing it so well, doing their job so well, people are going to find a way to nitpick that person and, and, and be like, oh, like, well, they, they certainly couldn't be doing this the right way. Um, this guy once kicked a puppy, like, and, then, and it never happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nick Saban, gold standard, great example of that. I mean, we have, as a college football collaborative outside of the University of, 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 of Alabama fan base, have all spent years going, well, if only Nick Saban didn't pay recruits, you know, like, it, 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 there's an element of just saying, okay, this guy's doing everything right. How do we find a way to belittle him? And, and morally, that's not great. But also at the same time, if people are coming after you guys for saying it's and it's not about Hugh, Hugh Freeze's baggage that he brought with him um, that he has put behind him. It's about, oh, wow, like Auburn's got to be doing something like, you know, something dirty because they're just gaining a lot of traction, like not in the same way A&M did it. But it's, you see, there it is. I just back, I backhanded <laughs> insults yeah. of the team, right? Right. It's, doing it. It, there's an element of going, wow. Like these guys are doing something right. How do we like try to throw them off and make their fan base think what they're doing is not right? That is flattery, folks. That is flattery. I think I think all, I think Auburn fans do a great job at just taking it in stride at times and at times I won't say all the time, <laughs> but at times and, and just rolling with it because yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you, you just got to enjoy the good moments and and it's easy to do after after the last few years at, uh, for Auburn football. So. There's absolutely also there's nothing wrong and and Eric Pearson I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about your point in just one second one one second because it kind of ties in what I'm gonna say. There's nothing wrong with saying, "Damn it, we're having fun again." Sports are fun. Period. If we didn't think they were fun, we would not have made a living out of them. Um, there's nothing wrong with going. My team has stunk for the past couple of years, and I'm going to rejoice in the in the in the fact that there is positive momentum. Auburn fans, you are absolutely entitled to do that beyond just football. Auburn basketball fans, when when Bruce Pearl started to turn things around, you should absolutely rejoice. Yeah. When 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 Bush Thompson got, got on the planes and, and took Auburn back to the College World Series, oh my gosh, you know Auburn's been pretty much off the map. Like it's so fun to be good again. That is the beauty in sports in general. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't let people go. Oh, poverty franchise. Also, for when people are talking about Auburn's poverty poverty franchise, objectively bullshit. Um, Eric Pearson said, I think one of the things that will result in success is what uh, Coach Freeze talked about last week alignment everyone seems to be on the same page for a change that's huge for auburn absolutely true i think it kind of plays into kind of what i just said everyone's saying okay we can do this we're all on the same team it's also up and down the entire athletic department whether it's with the ad and the president with the head coaches or it's every part of the athletic department a big part of selling out season tickets the way auburn did and how quickly 
We did it. It, it, it was just because it was it was a certified game plan. Again, like Coach Freeze was recruiting, there, there was a, there was an intentional game plan with all right, sell out season tickets, and then sell out kickoff on the planes, and and that has gone off with a lot of success and really early. So I I, I think it, it really is that the alignment is there, and, and this is when you have to take advantage. You have to be uh, on your toes and ready to attack. Yes, absolutely. Um, the Walker Show mentioned he loves when Alabama fans say that their old tired sayings about recruits aren't good enough to play for Alabama when they go to Auburn instead of Bama. You know, the best way to respond to that, uh, to those, I'll be honest with you, Walker, um, my favorite thing is when people just say cope. Um, yeah. That's what they're doing. It's a coping method. And um, let's be honest, everyone's got one. Everyone does. Everyone has one. <laughs> everyone and, has and, and, and that is normal and it's okay. Um, cryptic. I think that the fact that Auburn has been hilariously awful the past two years, objectively true, objectively true. And our fan base is still as great as it is said a lot about our fan base. Hell yeah, it does. Again, selling out season tickets, the most season tickets Absolutely. in program history. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we speak about it all the time. Um, and Eric Pearson even said, agree. We love Auburn. Um, Alabama fans love Alabama football. Auburn fans love Auburn. I know that's a cheesy cliche. It's absolutely true, um, and I've experienced it firsthand. All right, Dylan, you want to get back to the rundown? It's about realignment next. I think that's what was on the rundown. I, I think the next we're going to try to solve world peace. Um, <laughs> absolutely. We're not cutting you guys off, though. Keep, keep rolling in questions. We'll be answering uh, a little bit uh, for a couple minutes afterwards. Hillman, uh, I know this one was longer than we thought it was going to be. Um, I'm having a blast, though, fellas. This oh, is fun. great. I didn't even know it had been an hour, an hour already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for all of you guys hanging out with us, thank you so much. We're, we're having a blast. Um, let's hop back into the rundown. We're going to talk a little more recruiting, right? Yeah, I'm trying talk to, a little bit about DeAndre Carter. Trying to find like, – there's a comment somewhere, and I completely agree with it, and I hate that I didn't like mark it down or favorite it or anything. Someone's saying that they really, really, really want offensive line commits. I, I believe this class has 14 players, in it, and not a single one is an offensive lineman. But now you're turning around, and a guy who is really, really – uh, going at uh, really feeling Auburn right now, who has just been, I'm going to say CB'd Crystal Bald by 24-7, and I'm just going to throw the little – he's predicted by on three. But CB'd by 24-7 sports because uh, I don't trust on three's prediction service anymore. Unless, unless, unless they're absolutely right and they rank a guy higher than we say that they've always been the best platform. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I only believe their predictions are facts whenever they come after someone already CB'd him on right. 24-7 yes, sports. Right. And but that, that's actually no diss on three. We just picked whichever one has a higher rating and said that they're much better for evaluating a specific yeah. guy, which yeah. it's just true. It's facts. But yeah, four, you have a four star interior offensive lineman, DeAndre Carter, coming from uh, modern day. Make sure I said that right this time. Like, modern yeah. day, correct. Someone yeah. got, someone he said, got he very said Mater day, like the cars version. Oh, not quite. It's, it's, eh. James Barnett, by the way, we're going to come back to you in a minute. We never, we never, we never recruit from modern day anyways. Here in just a second. All right, don't continue. Well, was last time Auburn had a player from modern day anyways. Ah, good question. Good point. Uh, it's never a bad time to start. I, I'm not <laughs> saying it's not a bad – I'm not saying any. I'm well, just saying – One of the premier football programs in the country. Yeah. I've never personally had to say, oh, Auburn just picked up a guy from modern day. Would you like to? I would love it. Right, and we'll one of the guys start. being is DeAndre Carter, <laughs> who, interior offensive alignment, dude is a dadgum freight train and a half – uh, six foot four, 340 pounds. Uh, I don't think you can get much bigger than that and still be able to move. Uh, but he can, and he's a strong and he's quick for his, for his size. And I think the, the, uh, what I read about him is he has never had a speed rusher that he cannot stop, which three, four, 340 pounds. And you're just not getting out ran around the edge. Bring him H A U M E. That doesn't work by the way. Yeah. <laughs> A U doesn't make an O sound. Yeah, it makes it an ah. Yeah. Bring him home. <laughs> bring him, bring him home. I like it. Um, 
continue if you wanted to expand on that a little bit. I knew you just want to kind of throw that note. Oh, I mean, it, it just if if Auburn brings in an offensive lineman, I mean, it's hopefully the start of many offensive linemen. Yeah, so they talk about linebacker, wide receiver being the two positions of need. Offensive line is right there. I mean, it might be the the top one. It's just exactly. I think it's something that takes time to really settle in and get your feet wet in, and 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 it's more difficult because especially because I, I think that offensive line recruiting is more about the the, the NFL ready type of uh, of recruiting and Alabama Georgia really have that on lockdown and I and I think they do on receivers and linebackers as well but I think that there's more flexibility from those positions to to go somewhere else and, and still prove yourself whereas in the offensive line it, it, you want to be in the best position possible because of how how those careers work and and I think it's something that with the transfer portal as well that uh, Auburn I think did a really good job this past cycle of getting an offensive line for this year refreshed and, and renewed. And, and you also have a guy in Jeremiah Wright that's returning that I think is going to be, I think he's going to grow into himself and become a special player for Auburn. So I, I think you're, you're Auburn's on a good track as far as offensive linemen go with the current roster, but it is still so important to look ahead as far as three years and, and start uh, building that up. And I mean, it wouldn't hurt to, Start with a guy I, I who is 340 so. pounds. I mean, the the word anchor comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's really anchored down the future. We're not, we're not about Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> um, gonna go back to record. James Barnett um, asked. He popped into the stream a little late, which is great. Glad to have you hanging out. I was not sure if you talked about KJ Bolden. What are your thoughts about him? We do think KJ Bolden is going to be an Auburn Tiger um, here in the, in the near future. Absolutely, could be elsewhere. I think it's, I think it's possible, but um, I'm not. Could be. <laughs> I, I think that. Um, there's actually a, a, a strong chance that, that KJ Bolton is an Auburn Tiger. Um, and thoughts on the, the thoughts on the O line uh, outlook, Dylan? I mean, you have you go into a season where you just beef it up through the transfer portal, and you pick up Connor Liu, who we can probably all agree is going to be the best offensive lineman over the next few years, just because he's already proving that in, in spring camps and fall camps and whatnot. But you find a way to bring in a guy who is, again, 340 pounds, six foot four from modern day, and, you know, uh, premier, the premier high school football team. Like, I, I, I Mater G, Day, yes. Yeah, Mater Day is one of the best. Like, I, I think, Mater, I think Mater Day is like one, and then modern <laughs> day is two. Maybe one A, one B? Yeah, I think Radiator Springs well, when, is like a great well, place to go. What do you go. think of those premier high, high school football players? You think of IMG Academy. You think, you do think of modern day. Modern St. John day. Bosco. St. John Bosco, Bishop Corbin. Bishop Stickamore, maybe. <laughs> See, yeah, that's definitely a famous one. Yeah, it is a famous <laughs> one. It is, it is a, a notable one. Um, but yes, uh, I, getting a guy from one of those programs and having everyone kind of like all the rest of the guys in the, on their team going, what do you see that I'm not? Well, and, and even the guys outside of the program, they're like, well, this is a school that I look up to. Well, I want to do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So. I can go play with guys that went there. Right. There was yeah, good point. They made me better. Good point. Certainly, a and you think about players who could eventually like the players today commit today, and uh, players who can commit very soon. DeAndre Carter comes to mind right away. And if you bring in an offensive lineman, you were, I, I think Auburn has found a way to. There, Hugh Freeze is going to have an entire like starting lineup ready to go. I think he's going to have twenty two commits, all five offensive linemen, four linebackers. Like he he has a whole like team coming in. Absolutely. class, And if you can find a way to get a guy in DeAndre Carter, who I, I think if, at the very minimum is going to recruit, is going to commit to Auburn today. I, I think that could happen. And if not, it's going to happen soon. Yeah. 
because I, I think it's between the week is still young, my friend. The week is the week is still very young, and I, I think from my understanding, it's between Auburn, Michigan State, and Texas. And I mean, talk about three completely different. I'm gonna say that's not the three programs I thought you were gonna say. Well, t- it's programs that I think are still all relatively in the same part of a rebuild. Maybe Texas will further ahead. Right. Michigan is just Michigan State hasn't really it needs to get started on it very soon. And you know, firing you know the guy who has been coming for the last two years, but is not going to arrive anytime soon to the championships yeah that they expect in michigan state for some reason they expect those but if auburn can pull deandre carter i'm gonna say from texas more than like more than anything it's a it, just bring another position that i think texas has been pretty decent at offensive line production in the mm-hmm. nfl you bring in a guy from te- take an offensive lineman from texas you took a db from lsu and this list just continues and goes on and on and on and on and on and DeMarcus Riddick was the domino. DeAndre Carter yeah. is now going to be your biggest domino. I, I believe Josh Aldrich tweeted the domino gif yes. last night. And it's just – and I think my word of the day is momentum because, exactly, it's just they keep falling. And and if this happens, like, even if it's, like, a kind of a three-week span, that's still major momentum for this program and for this coaching staff just to build off of it and continue. And, hey – even these commits, like Perry Thompson, who's already shut down his, commit, his recruitment and is recruiting for Auburn actively on social media and I'm sure in other ways with, with ca- calling them, FaceTiming, whatever, texting. And it's just it, – that's that's such a big deal. And, and it really does provide that momentum and keeps it rolling. You know, as, as, as the known marketing guy that I am, mm-hmm. um, number one form of marketing, folks, and the number one way to generate people's interest is word of mouth. You get some guys invested, and, and they they spread the good word. Right, you're you're in good shape. Um, going to circle back, and then we're going to kind of get out of here. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today on this Sunday live installment, which has been so much fun. We actually need to actually start considering this going. This has been a um, blast. So down. Um, Bob Williams said we've always kind of sucked uh, when Auburn's been rated high in preseason. Auburn plays a spoiler underdog really well at time. Absolutely historically correct. Um, the objective should be to flip that script absolutely every single time. Uh. Um, Oh, what you did there? You free this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, I, I guess I did. Very, very on the nose. I actually did not. That was an intentional. I, okay, was, I thought it was. That was completely un, 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 unintentional. Next, next season from the fan office, he's freezing. In here, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, it's, it's freeze warning in my apartment here in Georgia. <laughs> an absolute opposite. Anyways, um, yeah, the objective should be to kind of you know defeat that narrative, but. Right now, play into it. Um, use everything you, you, you can to your advantage. Well, especially when you are the underdog. Exactly. When point, you are the underdog, yeah. play, the, play the hell out of that card. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Auburn baseball do it a good bit. Auburn basketball did it when they had the most special run in school history. Mm-hmm. Even um, the year before that, yeah, too. Exactly. Uh, cryptic, when the spotlight has been on us most of the time, uh, we've underperformed. Yeah, that's – once again, you want to defeat that narrative. Yeah. I <laughs> and I think it's – I think also it's at times because here's building every program – other than a select few, kind of do that. Yeah, and it, it's something like for example, here, here's my example. You know, Auburn performing well under the expectations. So you go back to that 2014 year yep. when Auburn desperately needed to win at Ole Miss and they got it. And then there's other moments in in, in 2017. You go and then this is you're an underdog in these games, but you still when you beat Georgia and then you're playing Alabama and kind of the whole fan base and everyone's like, shoot, are they gonna do this? You do beat Alabama. Now, of course, what happened the next two games, that is what is being talked about here. So it's all about kind of finishing the momentum. It's like 
Auburn can get themselves in that position. It's all about making sure that they they get the job done and and just 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 complete it so that they can win championships again. I get that. I'm with you. Um, and looking at looking at the comments, uh, you'll see. Bob Williams said never wants to see Auburn top, preseason top 10 again. Um, and then James said, I agree with you, Bob, this time. I think that Auburn has a complete coaching staff who knows how to develop players on both sides of the ball. All right. That is a beautiful, beautiful point, James. Bob, I'm not, I'm not disputing. I understand. I'm not a superstitious guy. I'm a little stitious. So I understand where the logic is there. But your goal should be, if you want to become the gold standard of college football, which I've said time and time and time again, Auburn absolutely can be. You've got to get to the point where the expectation is to have a preseason top 10. And you're not, the expectation is you're not going to underperform. 90% of these teams that are ranked in week one and held 90% of the ranked teams that are ranked in week 10 are going to underperform where they're at and where they want to be. Well, I think a perfect example is the Georgia and Alabama's how I, I mentioned it earlier, how um, we have uh that there's no quarterback situation really set for them yet. They are still <laughs> ranked in the top 10. And, and that that's the whole thing. It's just when, when Auburn's able to get to that point, And I think that's very possible. I mean, I think Auburn was at that point back in the mid two thousands in the midst of that Gus Mouse on era where, you know, Auburn has still had question marks, but was still getting highly talented. Like, hey, this team could contend for an SEC championship. That's where you want to be. Uh, even when you have some question marks that, Overall, you still feel pretty good about the team and, and what they can do the upcoming season. Absolutely. And you talk about Auburn has been very good at playing the underdog, but I think it is time Auburn gets real comfortable with playing the villain because that's what you want to be in college football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's your gold standard blue blocks, right? You want to be the villain. How many people, and not our generation per se, uh, but the generation above us, hate USC, they hate Texas. Our Tennessee. Generation, Miami. Tennessee, Tennessee Miami. Yeah. Our generation, no, Notre Dame. go back, Notre Dame, yeah. Notre Dame, our generation, Alabama's, Georgia's, Clemson's, Ohio, State. Ohio State's, people hate them. You want to be them. Well, and I think you can see Michigan is starting to climb that total. Absolutely. It can happen. Michigan's very, had haters for years, but yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I, I think the point is, is that in the past 20 years before Harbaugh really beat Ohio State for that first time, yeah, people hated them, but there's, especially they're going to lose to Ohio State anyway, yeah, so it doesn't exactly. really matter. And now that they are, everyone's like, ah, okay, I don't like this team anymore right. at all. So that, that, that's kind of – There's a scary perennial contender for the college well, football playoff. And I, I think Michigan and Auburn in that sense where, like, Auburn's always had haters as well. But right now, because of where Auburn has been the last few years, people are just like, ah, it's Auburn. They're, they're, they'll, they'll go 7-5, and five, whatever, no big deal. You don't need to that point where it's, you know, like, Auburn, I want them to lose every game. That's yep. – I mean, that, that's a whole building card that – uh, you have to, you want to play into because that means you're winning a lot of games. It's kind of like when you're a little kid, y'all play King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same concept, right? You want to be the king that everyone wants to knock off their throne. And met, met, in a metaphorical sense, I guess this is one of my analogies that I like to break out every now and again to make sense to only me sometimes as I try to knock over our, our lighting. That's fine. We're good. That's, that's where you want to get the program too. And, and, and Auburn fans forever will defend Auburn. You forever should because that, that's your favorite team. And, and just in the same way that Alabama fans should stick to their guns and always defend Alabama. That's what the beauty of the sport. But once you see a larger number of haters that don't come just from the Georgia camp or the Alabama or the Georgia camp, to LSU camp, Ole Miss, whatever, that are starting to be from like outside the conference and, and from teams that are really, for all intents and purposes, 
irrelevant to you, that's when you know you're there. Yeah, things that, that are irrelevant to you and you would think that you're irrelevant to them. Yes. <laughs> and you realize, oh, maybe not. That That's a big deal. There we go. Anything else we got for the greater good? If you guys have any other questions, now's kind of the time. Otherwise, we're going to start wrapping things <laughs> up here on the College Loop live stream. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on the Sunday. If you guys like this, like like the Sunday live platform, um, hit us in the chat, let us know. Um, and uh, yeah, hit the like button, guys. If you've not already, if you're just hanging out with us today and you've not liked, subscribed, um, and, and followed us on our socials, most importantly for us, honestly, liking and subscribing on YouTube means the absolute world to us. Um, we love having you guys here. You guys are the reason we do this. Um, so this has been a blast watching this uh, become what it is at this point and watching it continue to grow. is kind of like, Dylan nice child. So um, this is a, an idea that started on the Tiger Transit, if you will. <laughs> really? It, I didn't know that. I don't know that story. So fun fact, I don't know that anybody on the College Loop knows this. I don't know that we've ever actually explained this other than maybe episode one, like our mm-hmm. pilot episode about the College Loop. And you guys are getting it right here on the College Loop live stream on this Sunday um, following Big Cat. Actually, Big Cat, we can perfect time to talk about this. Shout out Teresa Vale. Hey, welcome to the Loop, Teresa. Thank you for subscribing. All right, so we were on the Tiger Transit uh, spring of our senior year. We were like week, a couple weeks out from graduation. Okay. And Dylan and I could not decide what we wanted to name this podcast. We wanted to have an Auburn-centric personality podcast. If you guys don't think we have a personality, we failed miserably. But uh, Dylan certainly, uh, Dylan and I certainly get into it enough that I think we do. Um, yeah, there's some episodes where I've wanted to push you off your chair. Yeah, absolutely. And, and likewise, and that's why we love talking ball together. <laughs> um, we couldn't come up with a name. We're riding the Tiger Transit back to Evergreen, and Dylan and I lived, you remember, we lived across the street from each other. Um, and for those of you guys who are Auburn alum or live in Auburn, I think I know where you're going with yep. this, by the way. You've, uh, you, you may have experienced the Tiger Transit. Our Tiger Transit was literally t- titled the College Loop. Yeah. That, was, that was our route, our bus route for uh, get, going back from, from, from campus. So it was hilarious because we just had this whole epiphany in the student center just like about this whole idea of wanting to have this, what we wanted to do, what we can do. And this was in April of 2022. And we could not think of a name to save our lives. And then it just became a joke at towards when we were walking towards the bus. Like I was just reading off signs at one point. Yeah, Bill, <laughs> I was like, at one point you said, how about uh, chicken salad chick uh, podcast? I was like, dude, Panda Express is like a sick Auburn podcast. And then it was, oh, 10 time mascot championship. Sounds awesome. <laughs> and then we just kind of got, got on the, College bus. I didn't even read the. I didn't think I may. I may have said Tiger, Tiger Transit. Yeah, I was gonna say y'all are probably at the point where you, you just knew it was college loop route. You don't even think about the yep. name yeah, of it. Yeah. You just get on the and bus. We the first stop is a VCOM. I had just said name it VCOM. That's how that's where we got, <laughs> It was just a joke at that point. And then I just read. I go to the sign. And I go. It's gonna be the college loop. And I looked at Dylan and said, "Wait a minute." I was like, "Wait, that." That's not bad. I'm onto this. I'm yeah, onto that's this. Actually, so yeah. there we are. That's how the college loop came came to fruition. And for those of you guys who heard that timeline, yes, that was April 2022, and it did not get off until December 2022. It kind of fell asleep for a little bit, but then actually we did a ton of groundwork. We spent yeah. all of last fall talking about, hey, this these are the notes. Like this is the points we want to make sure we incorporate for next year. Everything we did, not dissimilar to Coach Freeze, <laughs> was intentional. Um, and and you guys have bought into the jump. So you guys are the reason we do it. Um, all you loop enthusiasts, uh, make sure to. Uh, just like just like Teresa, Teresa, who just subscribe. Make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell so you can keep up to date with all of our new content. Jacob Hillman, thank you so much. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed your vacation. Yes, weekend. yes. No, this vacation was much needed. We're getting into the fall camp time. Right. It, it, it is grind time at 
always happy to jump on the loop yes, and, and yes. talk some ball. Tell, tell everybody where they can find you. Love you and support you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. Follow at AU Sports Net, where we got Tiger Talk coming up August 24th. That's sooner than you think it Dude, is. Where's the Tiger Talk at Baumhauer? It'll be at Baumhauer for week one, but the, the first one will be kind of a exclusive uh event that in the waltos so it'll be that'll be a special one just oh, just here, here the we would pop in but we're not exclusive. Oh, no week one week one visit us at bomb house okay, okay? We'll, come, we'll come visit you we'll, we'll come visit you about ripping the uh the cotton the field loopy shirt the field loopy as, stuff. As, as and as well. i i can't just bring that up real, real quick before tar does it again make sure to go to the warport.com <laughs> go to the shop and get your own feeling loopy shirt today to again show everybody how you're feeling Right. A little loopy. Right. Don't um I'll I'll go ahead and sign off so you can get us out of here per usual. Um guys, this has been a freaking blast. Um Bill and I are gonna reconvene tomorrow. We're gonna talk about um the the going forward, maybe maybe Sunday live shows is something we can we can try to commit to at least most of the time. Uh, football season can be a little bit different since I'm a season ticket holder and traveling is kind of odd with this whole platform. But we're going to make it work the best we can. I can probably build a studio for you in my place. So I would love you to. Yeah. That, that would mean the world to Got me. it. Um, and if you want more Jacob Hillman comment, um, more Jacob Hillman content, drop that in the comments. Let us know. We'll, we'll bug, bug him until he hops back on the show. He's a good dude. I'm here, Sitar, at by here, Sitar, on the Bird app if you want to come hang out with me. And um, Is it technically the Bird app anymore? The X app. Or I'm here at Harrison's at by Harrison's <laughs> on Twitter, on Twitter for the love of all that is holy. Anyways, uh, make sure you not only like subscribe to the bell here on the college, make sure you check out all of our social content that Dylan's going to tell you about, but make sure you go check out our friends over at the War of Four Podcast Network. I keep wanting to say podcast family because we're one big happy family around here. We really are. Um, so make sure you go check out, check out our friends over at the Tempo Podcast and over at the War of Four Podcast uh, main channel. Um, we got a lot, a lot, a lot of content this year. And damn, we're gonna have fun. I'm already having a blast. Um, Dylan, let's let's get out of here. Uh, of course, I'm Dylan Lark at Evil the Tank on Twitter. It's also in the description below. And while you're down there, go ahead and follow all of us. You're down there as well awesome. in the description. Thank you so much. No problem. And go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, leave some questions, leave some theoretical Thursdays. Come back for the next episode, the Tuesday episode, where we're gonna preview the Mississippi State games. Right. So that's gonna be a fun little experiment where you know the two teams that are predicted to finish sixth and seventh in the West are battling out for probably for Mississippi State, probably still sixth or seventh. Oh, get this this upcoming week. My first week, we're up. first week back, we're tar man's on every single episode. Comes up this week. That's right. I'm so excited. I will say, shout out. Don't don't go too much. I don't know if you did. You watch the almost preview at all? Uh, parts of it. Well, if you uh, we we all were on the same page for the longest time about Auburn's record. Then mm. Colin and Daniel both decided to pick Ole Miss. Mm. So we're split decision there. So we're firing both of them for picking <laughs> Ole Miss. <laughs> Speaking of Colin, make sure you guys have to turn and tune into all the episodes this week. We've got some big news for that on that front. Oh, for sure. And especially because if y'all get us to 500 subscribers. TikTok dance time. Colin has to do a TikTok dance. Oh, boy. And, I mean, a 1,000, we're getting a MySpace. And, and Colin, Colin has to run it. Colin has to run the MySpace. And he has to well. post on it, absolutely. <laughs> so all the emo Auburn posts are going to go on the MySpace page. <laughs> Colin Luke. I like that. 2,000 will start on Reddit. Yeah. Or on Reddit thread. That, 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 that is... I do like that a lot. Oh, boy. And Colin also has to manage that. <laughs> Right, let's get out of here, man. But yeah, of course, go follow us literally everywhere. That's TikTok, tw- uh, X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever one I haven't said yet. It's all the college loop. Look it up anywhere. You'll find us. It's at the college loop. There's no gimmicks. Yeah, <laughs> of course, you have us here where you can like, comment, subscribe. Again, leave comments, questions, etc. Theoretical Thursday questions. I'm once again begging you for you guys <laughs> to throw us theoretical Thursday questions. And we're always happy to answer your questions on the show. Exactly. And of course, if you want to listen to the podcast, you have us on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as well. And literally anywhere 
you want to get your podcast. Anywhere, Literally anywhere. Any platform that makes you happy, Homer, you can do. We're there. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm a Spotify guy, so right. it's easy. I didn't, easy. Know if you, I didn't know if you were more of like an FM radio, uh, AM radio, actually. Like, <laughs> Yo, I listen to Braves games. Sometimes okay. I'm I'm so, so, <laughs> and I was like, go go ahead, and if you're on Spotify, go rate us five stars. You know, we got a we got a few going on. Yeah, right there's now. just too many five stars rolling in for the Auburn football program, and not enough five stars rolling in for the college league. <laughs> so we can that out. <laughs> I will say, I believe we have nine five star reviews on Spotify. Oh, shout out the nine of you! You guys are dogs. So that's that's at least good for like I think top two in the country. We are one of the podcasts of all time. Exactly. When, when <laughs> I rank, when, a fact. When I rank podcasts, we're on that ranking. We are on the list of one of the podcasts of all time. We love you guys. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but with everything being said, you know, this has been the College Loop Podcast.